You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. I just want to introduce you to our next campus right there. I'm going to have Monsi come back and lead worship so I can go lead that campus. Anybody with me want to go to that campus? That would be great. God bless you for being here. I wanted to encourage you with another message out of Mark chapter 12 today on being brave. You can turn there in your Bibles or on your device. While you're doing that, just a quick announcement from me. Uh, Not only do we have a lot of things going on as we get ready for Easter, but there are two stellar people in our church that passed away over the last few months, and we're going to host memorial services for them over the next couple of Saturdays. So just making this known to all of you that are here, if you know these people, you are welcome to join us as a church as we honor those who've invested in the kingdom. One of them is Richard Pierce. He was one of the founding families of this church. Uh, He passed away last November, and we are going to celebrate his life on this Saturday at 10 a.m. here in the Worship Center. And then the other is John Stroll. John's been a part of our missions team recently, helped out with Journey Kids. He passed away two Fridays ago, and uh, we are going to celebrate his life on March 16th, Saturday, March 16th at 10. So I invite you to join us if you so desire. It is a way that we honor those who have gone before us, and many of you, all of us, are blessed by the investment they made in the kingdom. Part of what they did has impacted your faith, and so that's why we take time to honor them and honor those that have gone before us. If you want to join us, you can do that this Saturday, March 16th. Cameron was walking into a New York City subway and he got down to the platform and suffered, the first time in his life I believe, he suffered a seizure while he was standing on the platform for a subway in New York City back in 2007. Because of how he fell down to the ground, he stumbled down onto the rail tracks of the subway and nobody reacted to help. Wesley Autry saw what was going on. He was holding the hands of his two young daughters a little bit further down on the platform. He realized the train was coming, so he ran into action. He let go of his daughter's hands. He ran over, jumped onto the tracks, moved uh, Cameron's body over into the ditch between the two sets of tracks, and then he dove into into the ditch just in time for the oncoming train before it hit them. Neither one was touched. They were able to get Cameron's body back up on the platform and minister help to him and get him to recover. And then 911 took over from there. But Wesley was honored for his bravery. In fact, the New York City mayor set up something about a week or two later where they gave him the key to the city. They gave him $10,000 cash. They gave him a trip to Dinsey. One of the subway uh, stores renamed the Hero Sandwich after him for a while. They gave him one year of, of subway passes for free to travel the subway. All this honor because he was brave. And here's what he said. Bravery isn't something you plan for. It's just something you do because it's necessary. It's something you respond to in the moment. And as we've been talking about bravery, we've talked about some brave things that you and I do on a regular basis, or we should be doing on a regular basis, that Jesus demonstrated in his last week on earth. It was, it was right as he was leading up to the cross that the Gospel of Mark talks about Jesus 
and his bravery. And we've talked about that briefly over the last couple of weeks. Bravery enough to change. Last week, <laughs> bravery enough, Don says, to be weird. If you remember from last week, if you were here, you're all weird. Apparently only Don is normal, you know? Today we're going to talk about a bravery that maybe you've never thought about before. The bravery involved in giving. And I know I've done a series on giving in the last month or so back in January. I I don't want to talk about how much you give or what you're supposed to give or all of that stuff today. What I want you to see is the bravery involved in generosity. And Jesus is going to show that to us in the stories out of Mark chapter 12. Now, go ahead, turn there with me. I want to show you just a couple of short passages. We're just going to walk through these two stories as Jesus is teaching in the Temple Mount area on the Monday before he goes to the cross. And it started, it's not in Mark, but it's in the other Gospels. It started when Jesus came down and he came into the temple on Sunday and he saw, you know, he was hailed as Messiah, come save us, and all that stuff's going on. And he walks in, it's late in the day, they're closing up the gates of the temple and he sees what's going on and he leaves and comes back on Monday. And if you know this from the other Gospels, you know the first thing he did in the temple that day, on Monday? He started dumping the tables He started casting out the merchants. He was so upset because they had taken his house of prayer and turned it into a marketplace. They were trying to profit off of God. And it drove Jesus nuts. And then that leads into the rest of his day and his teaching. What I want you to see today is the attitude and the spirit of the people when it came to money. And learn how giving is a brave, courageous act. Let's look at it in Mark chapter 12. Follow along with me. Just looking at a few of these verses from the chapter. It says, later they, the Pharisees, the leaders, sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians weird alliance here, crazy, to Jesus to catch him in his words. The Pharisees, they were against the Romans. They didn't want them in their territory. They didn't want them in Israel. They're trying, to, they're trying to get Rome out of there. And then the Herodians wanted Rome there. They wanted the Romans to be there so that they could benefit from what Rome was bringing, bringing to Israel. And so here they are, these two that oppose each other all the time are making an alliance in order to get rid of Jesus. Interesting. Uh, it, just sidebar, it's like Republicans and Democrats making an alliance to get rid of a leader they don't like. That's like, that's like Muslims and others making an alliance to get rid of Israel because they don't want them. And I'm showing this to you because I want you to see what's going to happen next. It says they, they came to Jesus and said to him, now listen, <laughs> look at their intent. Teacher! We know that you're a man of integrity. That's true. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. That's true too. And you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. All of that is true, but that's not his purpose. They're trying to catch Jesus in his words, thinking if they can get him to say something against Rome, Rome will get rid of him for us. So then they ask the question, is it right to... Pay, everybody say pay. Pay. Is it right to pay taxes 
to Caesar or not? Should we, here's the word again, everybody, pay or shouldn't we? Now just, it's tax season. (laughs) I was doing my tax work this weekend. And if you're like me and you're like most of us, what's the number one goal when it comes to taxes? To pay as little as possible. That has never changed. You're just like every other human being if that's what you're trying to do. Notice, though, that even though giving and paying are normal, pain is worldly. Giving is spiritual. Giving is divine. Here's what they're asking Jesus. Now you have to understand it from an Israeli uh, Jewish mindset. When they came and gave to the temple every year throughout the entire Old Testament history, long before Rome got there, they were giving to the temple in order to provide the services needed for the entire country throughout the temple and throughout the Jewish nation. So in a sense, that was partly a tax to help provide for the needs of those around them. And now Caesar shows up, Rome shows up, and they want to charge taxes against the peoples of all these nations they've conquered in order to receive income from the things that they are providing for all these nations. They're charging taxes in order to support their economy and their service to the people. Now, I know they were abusing it, but that's why... The people were asking, do we have to pay Caesar when we're already paying the temple? And you may have asked that question too. If I have to pay taxes and I have to pay all this money and I have to pay for housing and I have to pay for a car and I have to pay for all, and you add it all up, I got no money to pay God with. I don't need to give because I'm already, say the word with me, paying. Now, the question itself already shows the attitude of the heart. Because if you and I look at giving as paying, we've already robbed it of its divinity. Think about it. If you're like me, many of you do this now already, you give out of bill pay on your bank account. That's not how it used to be. I know this will date me, and I'm sure that all of you are way too young to know this, but there was once a day when you went to work, and on payday, they actually gave you this thing called a paycheck. (laughs) And you would get this physical check, and then you would leave work that day, and you'd race to get to the bank before it closed, and you would sign your name on the back, and you would deposit your paycheck. And then what I would do as a believer in Christ, then I, I, Diane and I, we would take the, I know this is new to you, but they would take this thing called a checkbook. <laughs> and then you would write the first check to the church to give. And today it's different, right? You... One of the things that Diane and I do is we try to make sure the first thing we do every time we get an income is to give to the kingdom first, even if it comes in a form of a bill pay. But it's not a payment. It's giving 
to the Lord. And if you start thinking of it as a payment, you're robbing it of its divinity. You are connecting with God in worship when you give. There's only three things you can do to worship God. Only three in the scriptures. This isn't in your notes. This is all bonus. The first is what we're doing tonight and what you've already done this morning. To give Him praise. To honor His name. His name is above all names. Out of the praise of children comes worship to the Lord. You, when you praise Him in your words and praise Him in music and song, you are giving Him worship. Amen? Second way is what we're talking about here. Sacrificing something to God of what He's blessed you with. It's not paying Him. That's what they were doing in the temple. It's giving something back as a result of what he's already blessed you with. You've already received from God. Hello? Come on. Are you breathing? You're receiving. Did you eat this week? You've been blessed. Do you have a house or a roof over your head? Do you have a car to drive in? Do you have warmth and comfort in this building? Has somebody blessed you with journey kids or students? The things that get poured into your life are all blessings from God. And our response to him is to sacrifice back. That's worship. By the way, you can praise him with your lips, but if you're not sacrificing something back, you're still not worshiping. And then the third way, and this is a whole other sermon for another time, The third way is the one that most of us don't even think about. But what you do after Sunday morning, what you do after you leave the temple, in obedience to him, is your worship. Jesus said it this way, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. That's worship to the Lord. And here they are. What are they doing? They're on... (laughs) Put yourself there. They're on the temple mount. Jesus and his disciples are there where they're watching sacrifice being made for the sake of offering to the Lord. And they're arguing about how many taxes they have to pay. How petty. How small. They're robbing God of his divinity trying to reduce what they have to give. Jesus sees through their duplicity. Look at what the scripture says next. You know, they're saying, should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy, so he goes, why are you trying to trap me? I can see right through you. And he says, bring me a denarius. Denarius was a silver coin. It was printed by Rome. It's been going on for several hundred years now. When they started conquering all these different countries in Europe, and they started sending Roman soldiers plus all the other economies were interacting, they needed some way to help manage income and manage money exchange between all these different countries. If a Roman soldier came to a different country, they had to have some way of bartering or providing resources to that Roman soldier. So they printed up, this is fairly new, they printed up a denarius, a a coin, a silver piece of metal with a stamp on it, and Jesus says, bring me a denarius. He says, look at it, whose whose portrait and whose inscription is on that? There would be Caesar on it, along with an inscription of Rome. You you know, you probably don't know, because you don't even handle money anymore, but in the old days, 
You used to handle coins. I know you don't anymore. But on a coin is a figurehead of a person. In this case, it's a quarter. I think that's Washington, right? See, I don't even know anymore. That's terrible. (laughs) And on the back and on the front is an inscription saying it's owned or it's provided for by the government of the United States. And on the back it also says, you probably know this part, in God we trust, making it a form of pay that can be trustworthy. That's the idea of a coin or a dollar bill or so forth. They would take these coins and they'd use it as a way of exchanging. And get this, Jesus is on the Temple Mount and what did he just do? He just dumped the tables of all these people because they were more interested in cashing out on God and getting coins and then selling your sheep or selling your goats or selling your pigeons and you would be given a monetary amount to give to the Lord. And he's saying, show me whose coin you're using. Because that's not the system God made. And they'd show him a denarius, say, who's his scripture? And then he says something that feels like, wow, only Jesus would say something like this. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. In other words, he's saying, go ahead and pay your taxes. <gasps> you mean I got to pay? Yes. That's from their government. Pay it. But then you give to the Lord what the Lord owns. And what does the Lord own? Everything. And if you've given your life to God, He owns you. And He owns me. And I'm supposed to give Him of me. Because, listen... Giving and paying are both personal. You give something up when you pay for something. Hello, I know this will shock you, but paying on credit means eventually you're going to give something up. Anybody know that? When you pay for something on Amazon, sooner or later it comes out of your account. Both are personal. But giving is devotional. You're giving in relationship to him. That's why you give. You're not giving as a payment to get something from God. He's already given it to you. You're giving in response to what he's already blessed you with because you want a relationship with him. That's what sacrifice is for. Why would you rob yourself of that? I want to give to the Lord. Not out of obligation. I want to give to the Lord out of devotion. Amen? That's what we're doing. And they're so mixed up trying to hold on to the money that they miss the whole point. The giving is about your relationship with God. You remember in the Old Testament a guy named Abraham? That's where this all started. Abraham, he was given a promise. He's going to be the father of a nation, then eventually a father of many nations. And his cousin Lot, his nephew Lot, gets captured by some raiders and taken up to the northern part of Israel, along with the family and friends and all the assets and everything from the southern part of Israel all the way up to north. And Abraham does something that's incredible. When we read the text, we don't even think about this. 
he risks himself, his family, his resources, his, his people that are working with him. Even he risks the promise of God to be the father of a nation in order to go rescue his nephew Lot. And then when he brings it back, if you remember the rest of the story, this priestly king named Melchizedek shows up. And what does Abraham do? He doesn't say, hey, I earned it, I got it, it's all mine. Now he says, no, no, no. God took care of me in all this. So now I want to honor God by giving a portion to you, Melchizedek. That was called a tenth or a tithe. Do you notice it wasn't an obligation? But it was out of devotion to God that he did that? the way it should be for you and I. Giving in pain is a normal part of life. I want to give because it reflects my devotion to him. And then finally, Jesus goes on with teaching and Don talked about this section last week. The greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you wondered who, what we owe God, there it is. We owe him all of ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to know what it looks like to be part of the kingdom of God, we love each other. That's what makes us weird. But then we get to the end of the day. And on the last thing that happens before they close the gates of the temple and push everybody out and send them on the streets, and he goes out and he has a couple more stories in Mark 13, but he's just about done with Monday. The last thing he does is he's sitting over on the side of the temple mount. He's watching as they've got these, these big, huge canisters, metal canisters or containers, where people were exchanging for the money. They were giving in their sheep and their coats and all that stuff. And then they would bring it over and they'd have these coins, these denarii, and they would bring it in and they would give it. And the sounds of the coins would demonstrate to everybody around how much they gave. So for a person that's poor, you know, you hear little. But a person that's rich, has lots of money, he's really not even bothered by the giving, they would drop in lots of coins. And it said, in some of my study, they would even exchange a quarter for a penny. So they could have all these pennies to give to God and really make it sound great. Wow. That person gave a lot to Jesus, to God. All for the attention. Then at the end of the chapter, Jesus was sitting there. He's opposite the place where the offerings were being made. And he's watching. And as the many rich people threw in large amounts, this poor widow shows up. This poor widow who has nothing. Who has nobody to defend. Nobody that she's married to in order to take care of her needs. And she comes with her two copper coins. Copper, not even silver. These are not even Daenerys that's worth like ten goats. This is copper that's worth a couple of pennies. And she brings her little two coins. Nobody even hears it. Nothing. But Jesus says, guys, 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 guys. Look at that lady. I tell you the truth. She, she sacrificed more in her two copper pennies than all these rich people gave in all their denarii. 
She didn't come and give out of her wealth and make a tip to God. She came and dropped in all she had as a sacrifice to God. See, here's what I want you to hear today. If you're giving out of your wealth, you're not really worshiping. You're just thanking God with a tip. But when I make it first, and I make it a priority, and it's the very first offering gift I give to Him, and I sacrifice my best for God, that's worship. That gets God's attention. That's what He blesses. How you doing on that? See, giving and paying is normal. Takes resources. But only giving is sacrificial. Years ago when I was an elder at my home church in Ohio, there was a lady that had been there for a while. She had some kids in the youth program and we had just hired a new youth minister and he was changing a few things, trying to do some new things for the students and she didn't like one of the decisions that was made. She didn't like it. So she was upset and she called me and I went over to listen to her and talk with her and she's telling me why she didn't like this decision, why this was wrong and why you shouldn't do it that way, you should keep doing it the old way. And da, da, da. She went on and on. Even though, just sidebar, the decision he made is what changed the lives of so many students, sending them to a different style of camp. By the way, it's the camp that got us to even go into ministry. Powerful place. But she hadn't seen it yet. And she goes through this conversation, and finally she gets to the end. I'm just listening, trying to ask her some questions. And finally she gets to the end. And at the end of the conversation, she ended with this. Well, I'm not giving to your, the church anymore because I'm upset about this, and I don't think you deserve the money. I said, whoa, time out. You may not give to Madison. That's up to you. But don't you stop giving to the Lord. Because you're robbing God of a relationship with you. What does Malachi 3 say? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That you may see the blessings I can pour on you. And then you and I will be connected. But if you're not, you're robbing, not the church, you're robbing God. You're robbing yourself. Giving is not paying. Giving is spiritual. It's divine. It's personal. And it's sacrificial. And maybe today we need to wrestle with God on that. I challenge you to be brave. Be brave like that poor widow. Not to give all the money in your pocket or in your bank account. But to be sacrificial in what you give to the kingdom. Jesus, thank you for this teaching and reminder. How petty to imagine that there they are arguing about money and what they can keep and how they can keep for themselves and and here you are standing on the Temple Mount about to give your life. Help us to be more like you. 
to be brave with what we sacrifice for the future instead of the excess we have from the past. To be brave with offering ourselves and our life for the sake of your kingdom as you called us to. And when we do, pour out your blessing as you promise on us. Thank you that you care for us in that way. We love you and praise you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody agreed and said? Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.